Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Daddy Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage. Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick, look ahead to SmackDown tonight and the collision of two of the only really good things on SmackDown, that being Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Uh, Brock Lesnar, if you remember last week, last seen chasing Paul Heyman's car out of the parking lot. Uh, two weeks, three SmackDowns away from WrestleMania. It's amazing, I've, I've got to say this, Sid, that they haven't managed to sort of burn this feud out. Yeah, it's happening though, isn't it? Like last week's angle was basically a tease of the F5 that you're inevitably going to get at WrestleMania. People will go absolutely nuts for it, by the way. Like Paul Heyman's character work has been as incredible as always. People are going to want to watch him get his dick pounded in the dirt. Once Lesnar does it, he will be susceptible to a spear. Should be a cracking near fall, a cracking moment of catharsis against this dickhead Paul Heyman character. So that's the story beat that they are running with between now and WrestleMania. They've done the contract signing. They've probably done the best um, promo exchanges they're going to do at this point. They've done the best physicality in an angle, I don't know. There's just nothing left to the story. It's been a really good one. It's been a really strong one. Um, but by WWE standards, I have to get that caveat in. Where else can this go? There are no other story beats. If you look at a competent wrestling promotion, like All Elite Wrestling, like there's, no, there's not a twist on the level of MJF versus CM Punk coming where you are left with one major television show to go in a pay-per-view and you're thinking they've completely disrupted everything we thought about the storyline. Not There's not so much of like how much left of the story is that it go, but this twist means it's a brand new story and it's kind of just starting and then they paid it off so tremendously. Like There's no twist like this forthcoming. I don't know exactly how they can do it. 
it's almost bad that the Usos aren't the tag champs because you could have them be sort of the last sort of human shield for Roman to wreck, but you don't want to do that when they've got a title match, but they don't care about titles. I just feel a little bit cynical because this company has made me feel like this for the last several years. Wilborn, you're way more positive about WWE, so let's get your input. What do you think they can do over the next, what did he say, three SmackDown episodes? Yeah, yeah I mean... Maintain interest. I think I agree with you. Like, I can't think of much else that they can do. There's the, the shot of... Brock Lesnar holding up his title and Roman Reigns holding up his title, but that's just that you go the home shot. Gallery. Yeah, you, you go home shot ahead of WrestleMania, basically. What I would like to see, and they're not probably going to do this, is something akin to, not to bang on about it, but something akin to what we got on Dynamite this week, which is the world champion and the tag champs tagging together against the number one contenders. Because I want to see Rick Boogs hanging out with Brock Lesnar, basically. Now, they could potentially set that up tonight, I suppose. Like you say, I mean, all literally all they have advertised for SmackDown tonight is Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar collide, which doesn't mean anything. It means we're going to get a 10-minute monologue from Roman Reigns interrupted and, yeah, some goobers probably getting chucked about. But, yeah, if you could have the bloodline target Brock Lesnar and they say, you, you've got no friends. Like, I know you can wreck everyone, but the numbers game catches up to you, especially when you're up against such a, an elite unit like the bloodline. And then, yeah, I don't know why, but maybe you could t- sort of br- briefly mention that Nakamura and Lesnar have got a bit of history elsewhere. Oh, dear. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're probably just going to talk and then maybe t- talk a bit more in the main event. But... Yeah, it, it, it's it's the best thing WWE is doing right now, I'd say. Um, there's not much juice left in the fruit, which is, means I'm glad that we've only got three episodes of, of SmackDown to go, to go. But I sense this week is probably just going to be all mouth and no trousers, I believe is the phrase. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's, I'm just ready for it. We know the beats. Roman Reigns has this exterior where he believes himself to be the head of the table, the tribal chief, this unflappable guy who's now been flapped, <laughs> then that's it. I understand why they don't put Brock Lesnar in television matches. It's prohibitively expensive. It undermines his aura as the special attraction figure. And they might at some point become so desperate in terms of like a ratings decline. And look, SmackDown performs exceptionally well, so I can't see this happening soon. But theoretically, they're probably thinking, look, it's nice to have something in the chamber if and when ratings start to get a little bit alarming. We've always got Brock Lesnar's first television match in 20 years. Like what graphic that would look like. Um, So I understand why they don't do it, but it does narrow the scope of their creative. But helpfully, their creative is usually just bad anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, one thing they have uh, turned around for me is is Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. We all talked about, oh, they got to do Becky. And then we looked at it and went, oh, I don't think they're going to do that this year. They're saving that for next year. And the dynamic works a lot easier for fans to get on board with against Charlotte Flair. And uh, yeah, they've, they've humanized Ronda a bit, I reckon. They've got definitive roles. And then last week's show goes off the air with Ronda Rousey getting suplexed on the hood of a car. Um, how do you see her responding to Charlotte Flair's attack this week? Uh, good. Good, I missed the preview. I've 
been insistent all of this time you are going to see an angle involving a vehicle. It's yeah. just a bizarre Vince McMahon WrestleMania tradition. It looks like a it was a gnarly bump, like a ridiculous backdrop. It looks like looks like a stunt, basically, an expensive-looking mm. movie stunt. I think that's what we make, we make movies, pal. So I think that's why I like to do car stuff. And I miss the freaking car stuff. <laughs> um, so, look, it's a half-decent heat angle that's going to create a decent visual. Babyface gets the heat back. I don't know. I'm not interested in any of this. I just cannot possibly get on board with the idea of just two unlikable people doing wrestling things. Just not interested. Like I'm not interested in this story whatsoever. Not particularly interested in the performers. And it just isn't 2018, again, with Ronda Rousey for me. I still haven't felt that. She felt it. It's just a stark contrast between she had all of the feelings, too many. She didn't understand that it was a work. She didn't understand that she can't take it personally. She has to be professional. To go from that, like, overabundance of emotion that she shouldn't have been showing to showing very little because she's seeking to protect herself from that reaction again it just feels like the opposite of what pro wrestling should be should be fluid it should be improvised it should be this weird blurred uh landscape where real life drives it she feels like she's not being driven by this she's driving away from it Mm. which is the opposite of what it should be um more vehicle stuff, vehicle metaphors. Now, it just doesn't interest me. They've tried to elongate these sorts of angles with the use of Sonia Deville, which is an authority figure. This is just instant turnoff stuff for me, and has been for several years. Yeah, I, I think I do like the fact they've adapted it a little bit. Of, of she hasn't just got the armbar, and she's been taught by Kurt Angle and what have you, and and. I think it has improved compared to what we saw on, was it the Raw after the Rumble where we were really concerned about Ronda? Yeah, no, it's better than that. But again, it's the curve. You know what I would have really liked? I would have liked WWE to sort of like play with our imagination, encourage us to use our imagination, sort of spark some discourse surrounding it. Um, If you remember, and the probably Rob Van Dam teased that he had a new move that was eventually revealed to be the Van Terminator, which is just one of the best wrestling moves of all time. Yes. And he teased it and teased it and teased it. And the idea being that not only did his opponents not know how to defend against it, but you knew that if you didn't watch the ECW product for a certain amount of time, then you were going to be knackered because one of the coolest, most unique, spectacular wrestlers had his most cool move yet. This would have been a diminished return of that sort of story beat, but why not rip it off? AEW rips off loads of stuff. Mm. What's all is new again? Um, if she had said, I've got a new move that I've perfected that you don't know about, you could have had Charlotte actually for once showing ass, selling fear as a heel. You would have prompted discourse about what the move could be. You could have people like going back over her MMA. It's basically doing things to draw interest and drive conversation. Um so basically, they've done a decent idea terribly. Hmm. Look, oh, I've yeah. got the Rona. I mean, uh, I'm in a worse mood than usual. And honestly, the SmackDown undercard sucks so much that I'm dreading potentially having to review this and spend <laughs> 40 minutes at least of my life on it. 
I've, I've, I've said this a few times, right? I don't know why they haven't done this. Just pay the money to get the clip of, I think it is, I might be mistaken, but I'm 99% certain, Ronda Rousey versus Kat Zingano, right? This was what I remember watching this live. This is when everyone was like, Ronda Rousey's the best. All she does is armbar people. And it was sort of like an inevitability. It was a bit like old Mike Tyson fights, which obviously she referenced last week. Um, you went in going, well, let's just see when this happens, not if it happens. And Kat Zingano runs at her, and Ronda Rousey catches her, drops her on her head, armbars her in like 20 seconds or something wild. Get that clip. Get that clip to show, just because you know it's coming, just because you can prepare for it, doesn't mean you can stop it. That's the story they should be telling, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. This week, Charlotte shows up in a limo and Ronda smashes it up. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've got nothing else with it. Carsten. No. No. It's just so hard previewing this show because like, my interest in this entire promotion just completely waned into nothing. And they always do something stupid. And how can you predict the stupid or boring thing they're going to do this week? Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Well, one fun thing as we look at if, you, if people are getting bored at this point, we have got a game. We have got a game. We have got a game, indeed. Yeah, one thing. One thing I am looking forward to at WrestleMania as a potential show stealer, in my opinion, is uh, is Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory. Just because there's so many variables, like we know what Pat McAfee can do, we know what Austin Theory can do. He's one of the best young wrestlers in in WWE, in my opinion. Um, and they're having this weird thing where each week Austin Theory shows up and Pat McAfee just gets pissed off more and more with him. Last week, they were talking about him potentially losing his job. I, it seems relatively straightforward. Surely Pat McAfee just says, I'm taking a leave of absence. I'm going to train. I'm going to kick this squat's head in and then I'm going to come back to commentary. 
But it, I feel like this week it's all going to be forgotten and Pat McAfee's going to be back on commentary and then Austin Theory's going to come out again and bait him into another brawl, one would assume. Yes. So this is strange because Austin Theory is also like on the peripheral of the Bala versus Priest stuff on Raw as well. Yeah. Are WWE hedging their bets on the off chance? Two seconds. Thought I saw a Rosa outside the door. <laughs> um, are they hedging their bets by having Austin Theory sort of... That's right, isn't it? Yeah. I've not just had a fever dream. He's doing no, things around right. the... So, you know, not being funny. When I'm in the throes of uh, the coronavirus on Tuesday or Wednesday before I've got just enough... Just better enough to, to come back to work. I wasn't watching Raw. I was watching Predator. Yeah. So I probably should have done my job and caught up on it. But yeah, it's, it's my understanding that Theory's also doing stuff with uh, Priest and Bala. Are they doing that with the idea that in the event that Cody doesn't arrive, Seth needs something to do and Seth versus McAfee could be the thing instead? So I don't know how to uh, judge this one or gauge it. And again, I've got very little interest in it whatsoever. I don't care about Austin Theory. I just don't care. It's a completely weird WWE thing where if you're a casual fan, right, and you're and there aren't any, but say you are one of these people who's that, right? I've lived long enough. What's this wrestling thing all about? People just make their opinion up on it, right? But if just, you know, if this mythical person, this mythical creature does exist, they turn in, uh, they tune into Monday Night Raw and they watch, uh, they watch some guy getting slapped by this incredibly ancient fella. And they'll think, oh, what's that about? Is he like the comedy character? I just uh, wasn't funny. I don't get it. Oh, no, no, he's the, uh, he's the hand-picked new star of the promotion. What? All right, well, well, we see. Like, the guy runs it. He's got this uh, really warped mind and he's very cruel to his talents. But... He gives them what's called the rub, which means he likes you by slapping young people in the face who don't respond back. You have to psychologically analyze Vince McMahon for several years through secondhand reports and all the rest of it to arrive at the idea that Austin Theory is a star. The idea of the AFI stuff is so quaint in comparison to the fact that you have to delve through second-hand reports of Vince McMahon's bizarre personality to infer who was meant to be a star on this programme. That's possibly a little more bemusing the quote-unquote casual fan than a cool entrance song. That's just, that is just my opinion on it. So I've got no interest. Oh, you got slapped by Vince. That means he's a star. No, it fucking doesn't. <laughs> it means he thinks he is. He's hopeless of promoting him. Um, Ah, this is all nonsense. This is all absolutely nonsense. And I eagerly await Mr. McMahon's character to do something, anything to make sense of what this is because it's just a load of complete and utter nonsense. It's even more nonsensical than the initial news report um, that I think was broken by John Pollock. Oh, you know, Mr. McMahon's going to have a match against Pat McAfee. What? Hmm. That was my initial reaction. Then following like an incredibly like friendly, far too friendly interview that got no insight, didn't humanise anyone. 
I'm, I'm yet more baffled about what any of this is. I have Austin theories trying to suck up to McMahon by annoying and assaulting Pat McAfee. Why? Oh, this guy who's just done this incredibly flattering love piece on you that a lot of idiotic journals were either worked or shilled into thinking did a good job. Like, job done. Like, why are you in my way? People think I'm nice again. People think I don't have brain worms. He's done me a favour there, Austin. Don't get in his way. He's on our team, you idiot. Is the idea. I just don't... Someone explain this to me and why I should be interested. Uh, yeah, I think well, that's your job. The way this, I don't know, I can't explain why, aside from Austin Theory just wanting to fight Pat McAfee, why he would target McAfee to please McMahon. But I sense they're just going to go, oh, that, that doesn't count. That's not canon. So um, we're going to have Vince McMahon eventually come out and say, yeah, you're suspended from commentary because you're being unprofessional, as Michael Cole alluded to on last week's SmackDown. And maybe make it a stipulation where inexplicably, yeah, he hates Pat McAfee because. He's too cheerful or too animated or whatever it is. Um, he dances too much or something like that. And yeah, they build it. So there's a stipulation where if he loses to theory at WrestleMania, he is double G, double O, double N, double E, gone. Gone, gone. They've taken, this is still WWE, the most inexplicable match graphic that dropped on social media when Pollock dropped the news. And they've made less sense of it. I just, I, I just want to see Vince McMahon. Maybe, maybe you make him the special guest referee for this. I want to see him in that. Remember when he was on that roar a while back when they were like, oh, God, we need to just get Vince doing something. And there was that bit of him posing with these jacks and he's got the black and white. I want Look to see like that anymore. No, but I still want to but see still, still, I'm with you, though. It will be funny. It will yeah. be funny. Um, a bit of fantasy booking now. I'm not suggesting this is going to happen because let's be honest, it's the Intercontinental Championship. But uh, I love the fact that Ricochet is, is Intercontinental Champion um, and he's, he's getting to put on you know, really enjoyable matches like he did with Sami Zayn last week, for example. Uh, but we've got a suggestion this week uh, after the awful news uh, about the passing of Scott Hall. I believe it was from Mr. Phoenix, but I can't be certain. So apologies if it was you and I've, I've forgotten to mention you. But a great suggestion uh, to just chuck something on WrestleMania. Why not have an Intercontinental Championship ladder match in memory of Reza Ramon, Scott Hall, and have Ricochet just announce it? That's a babyface move, you know, in memory of this legend who sadly has passed away this week. Um, I'm going to put my IC title on the line at WrestleMania in a ladder match, and whoever fancies it can, can come and have a go, basically. Yeah, I've seen this idea pitched by quite a few people, actually, and it just feels like a win-win-win all around. You honour Scott Hall's professional accomplishments. Uh, we'll leave that there. So you do that. You get a lot of people on the card who might otherwise not be on it or consigned to the Andre if, in fact, that happens. Mm-hmm. You get a multi-man WWE ladder match, which invariably, despite oversaturation and fatigue of the gimmick WWE multi-man ladder matches are amazing they're still the absolute industry best at that particular genre um so I'll be bang up for another one of those it might take the shine off money in the bank which lest we forget is scheduled for a stadium I can't recall which one off the top of my head but money in the bank is going to be a stadium show so I there is a business 
cynical business choice to not run with an idea that would make a lot of fans happy because a lot of fans have um, come up with the idea independently of one another. But yeah, there is something to be said that running a multi-man ladder match might tarnish the the, the mm. premium quality of doing it in a stadium. But WWE runs ladder matches every month. Yeah. So that's possibly a moot point. Um, yeah, I'd quite like to see it. The sacking of so many former super indie guys means that the match probably probably isn't going to be as good as it could have been in years previous. I know Ricochet is awesome, but Malachi Black's not there. Buddy Matthews isn't there. John Morrison, who's great in those matches, isn't there. So I'd worry about the quality, but it's a win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win-win. Uh, finally, uh, we got the return of Becky Lynch on Monday Night Raw and, and accompanying that news report regarding her recovery from injury was great news that Xavier Woods is cleared to return. He worked a house show at the weekend, I believe. Do you think he returns tonight? There's obviously this ongoing feud between Seamus. Oh, actually, before we even get into that, your thoughts on Butch. Oh, my God. I uh, did watch SmackDown. I was planning to do it before, you know, I popped and uh, I just saw the news article with the thumbnail in the hat. And it was just, it was one of those where it's like, this company still shocks me. This company still shocks me with how incompetent it is. And like Pete Dunn, like in an article I'm currently writing, here's a plug. You can watch out. It should be dropping later today. It's called 10 wrestlers who went to insane lengths to get over, but didn't like Pete Dunn. He's kind of like, the uh, the Michael Owen of professional wrestling, right? What I mean by that, incredibly young prodigy, had all the talent in the world, one of the best wrestlers in the world at a shocking young age, who proceeded to make several questionable career moves, which not only diminished his career, diminished his standing as a grace that he could have been. I know injuries hampered him as well, but by moving from Liverpool to Man United, doing nothing at Newcastle except sit on the sidelines and wait to get um, cleared for England, is that he's annoyed everyone who supported him on his journey to the point where no one really likes Mike Lone anymore. Hmm. Like, no one at any clubs didn't really do much at Real Madrid. Um, at Newcastle, he did nothing because he was a lazy, entitled bastard who thought he had better things to do. He scored a derby winner for Man United, but he's not like one of the great number sevens. And the Liverpool fans kind of resent him for going to Man U. Pete Dunn has instrumental in rebuilding the British wrestling scene. Mm -hmm. He's one of the best wrestlers in the goddamn world. He joins NXT UK, which he must have known deep down if he has a brain in his head, was not going to be good for the British wrestling scene. He had the temerity to tell people who were in the scene and supported it. I know you're wrong and I'm right. We're going to do great things for it. No, they didn't. Look where it is now. He's then had the opportunity to leave when his contract was set to lapse, knowing full well his future was either getting over um, green guys on NXT 2.0 on a program that no one cares about or being doomed on the main roster. And he willingly signed on. There's not a single SmackDown fan who loves main roster WWE He's going to go, I love that Butch. Let's get Butch against Roman Reigns. He's a comedy character in their eyes. Everyone else watching who would have 
theoretically like to watch Pete Dunne because he's a great wrestler. And, you know, he did emerge from speaking out with a degree of credit for a time. I should put, out, put that out there. He's not a horrible human being. He's just, he's picked the wrong goddamn team. So I saw that image of him in the hat. And honestly, my first reaction was, you made your bed. You, mm. you, you made your bed? You could have left. You could have done New Japan Strong. You could have done AEW. Uh, I understand the options are way more limited than they have been in the past, but you could have, even if AEW was crowded at that point, and it kind of wasn't. This was before they've signed it. Yet more people, Hardy, Swerve, whatever. Like, he had the chance to be the wrestler that he trained his life to be, and now he's Butch. <laughs> he's well, anyway. Butch. Yeah, like... Butch is, is teaming with, with Rich Holland and Sheamus, of course. It's Peaky Blinder character, seemingly. At, uh, feuding with the New Day, obviously dreadful uh, accident on, on last week's SmackDown. Biggie fracturing uh, vertebrae in his neck. Great to see the video of him up and about uh, yesterday, though. We obviously all wish him here at What Culture uh, a fantastic yeah, he's the, Hope to he's see the him back in the ring eventually. Um, but yeah, do you think we see Xavier Woods potentially return tonight to, to help out a very isolated Kobe? Yeah, you'd hope so. Uh, it looked like they were going to do a six man at WrestleMania. But, you know, probably would have been great because Pete Dunne, by any other name, is still an incredible professional wrestler. He would have been half the guy he is because he couldn't do his stuff that he does on the main roster. It's not the style they like, but even at half, half capacity, Pete Dunne, still an excellent professional wrestler. They can still do this because, like, I don't want to use the word mercifully or whatever, but fortuitously for the direction... It was a baby face who's out of the picture and not a heel. So the dynamic two versus three, two faces versus three heels, that still like works in terms of drama and um, ring psychology and all the rest of it. So they can still do um, a handicap match. Um, so yeah, I do expect Xavier Woods to save uh, Kofi Kingston from an attack or, you know, it's WWE, they're not tied to anything long-term. They could bin that off and insert the New Day into the tag team title match, which I'm not being funny. I think Boogs is... I can see why he's got a following. But night one of WrestleMania looks like as bad as night one of one of WrestleMania 2. Like, it just looks appalling. They need some injection of quality somewhere. I expect it'll be Cody versus Seth, but they might need something else. That night one looks atrocious. Uh, If not atrocious, then it looks like a TV show, which actually is atrocious, so... Well, you say that it could be a, a two-on-three match at WrestleMania, but we could always just have a mystery addition to uh, fill the role of Big E temporarily in the New Day, and therefore we could have a game. But it's not the normal game. I've discovered a new aspect to this with, with Andy this week. Instead of looking at the current roster, because it's kind of a bit boring, um, I've got on the WWE alumni section. They'll all be dead. There's a lot that aren't. I've checked. Don't worry. <laughs> to find someone, because it's WrestleMania time, so they could just hoy a legend back. They're all in town at the end of the day to fill the role and do the old Kurt Angle in the Shield, dressing up in the New Day's gear, gyrating down the ring. So, Michael Sidgwick, to conclude the podcast, I have the alumni page in front of me. Tell me when to stop and then pick a number between one and four. Okay, I don't want to be a macabre. But someone's going to be dead here. It'll okay. be your fault. It'll be your fault. Yeah, we'll do a rerun oh, yeah. if that's the case. No, no, you have to you have to say it. You have to be oh, honest. Oh, I'll say it, but then we'll we'll re-roll. 
Okay, this is just a lesson to you because there's going to be a dark punchline coming here. Okay, your fault. You're not allowed to laugh. Go. Okay. Stop. Right. There is two. There's quite the selection here. Two. Okay. Good news. They are still alive and well. Bad news. Well, no, maybe not bad news. Maybe double good news. It's going to require me to do a voice. Because, ladies and gentlemen, potentially now, the main event of WrestleMania night one is Seamus, Ridge Holland, Butch, right? Versus Xavier Woods, Kofi Kingston, and... And this is why this is my new favorite game. <clears throat> dressed in the gear, picture it your eyes, picture it. Dressed in the New Day gear, doing the New Day dance. The newest member of the New Day. It's a me, Santino Marella. You were in and around some interesting characters. You could have had Ryback, <laughs> you could have had Sabu, you could have had, and this would have been spectacular, Scott Steiner. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Jesus Christ, not one of them has perished. No, and if you were, oh, if you were two levels lower, that WrestleMania match would have hung heavy in the titty of Simon Gatch. Simon Gatch. So there we go. i tell you what, some of this fantasy booking is... is it's absolutely spectacular this week. Um, oh, you could have almost have had Stardust as well. I don't know if he's busy over WrestleMania weekend or not. Anyway, let us know your thoughts ahead of SmackDown tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, watch there, you can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. We're going to be previewing AW Rampage a little bit later on today. Uh, we've got Wrestle Culture with a hashtag bloody good quiz. And of course, we'll be reviewing SmackDown and Rampage <laughs> on Monday. But for now, this has been the SmackDown preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.